Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. An irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin. Steven. I was trying to trying to stream the USMNT mm-hmm. playing tonight against Jamaica. You know, they're 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 in the CONCACAF, uh, the uh, the Gold Cup. They're chasing the Gold Cup right now. Not as sure. not as cool as the World Cup, like mm-hmm. the women are playing for right now. But right. they're in the semifinals, so they're doing well. And uh, the game got delayed by lightning. And right now, the game still hasn't started back up yet. Is that why you're still up this late? <laughs> the <laughs> truth. Why, no. The truth is coming. No, in. I was working on uh, Jen and I are going on vacation next week, so you know that's why we're recording a second episode this week, right after our last episode, and that's why. Uh, I thought it was because I was in Mexico, and you were like, "God, I just miss you so much, Dustin." How many episodes can we do in one week, just so I have an excuse to talk to you? Uh, yeah, no, that was it, actually. Yeah, that yeah, was it. I was like, okay. how do I get I Dustin back on the phone with me as much as possible? I don't know what I've been doing while he's in Mexico. Okay. You can just call me socially, Steve. Steve, you can call me socially. You know, speaking of you being in Mexico, um, we do have some follow-up, though. From John Syracuse? Because <laughs> follow-up, trademark John Syracuse. I just know I'm going to get flack about this, so I just stuck it in the follow-up. Dustin, I didn't do a good enough job last last week or yesterday. Really. <laughs> last week. Let's just Asking you about your trip to Mexico and the trials and tribulations you faced on that journey. And I'm sure I'm going to get flack about it from people who say I'm dismissing you. Uh, so I just, just thought, you know, we could... We could just go ahead and, uh, you know, kind of uh, give you, precog, give you... assume... Lots of people. Lots of people. <laughs> I wanted to know more about what Dustin had to say about Mexico. <laughs> Why did you cut him off? Oh, Mexico was good, uh, other than the fact that Karen and I got sick. Uh, it was our first husband and wife out of the country uh, destination wedding. And Did you guys like it? Uh, other than getting sick? Like Me- we, lo- we loved Mexico. We loved mm. shooting portraits of the couple. It was just, it was a little bizarre for us because it was structured more like an elopement than it was a wedding. Uh, I shouldn't say structured because there was literally no structure other than a five minute wedding ceremony um, that Corinne and I orchestrated. Mm-hmm. So you, you performed the ceremony? No, the bride's sister performed the ceremony, but uh, we... No rules down in Mexico, right? That's right. I mean, they had to get married here in America. Like, otherwise, it's not legal, so. Yeah, legally speaking, they got married here. They could do whatever they want in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That is true. But we got some cool shots. Uh, it was just, it was blistering hot. Uh, the couple didn't really think things through in terms of where the sun would be, when they wanted to do their photos. I didn't do a good enough job of kind of like helping aid them in that choice making. Well, and you're further south too. So like the sun is just different down there in Mexico than it is here. Well, there's like no clouds. I, the entire time we were there, there were not, there was never a cloud in the sky. It was the harshest sun I had ever come across. But I mean, we got, we did a sunrise session. So every destination wedding I do, 
Um, I pitched them the idea of doing a, either a sunset or a sunrise session a different day than the wedding. And so they agreed to do a sunrise session. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Why would they ever agree to do that? Uh, because we, who's, who's waking up that early at a destination wedding? Like th- they, we had did to it be the day before drunk every night to like two in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> I told in the them, morning, you know, four in the morning, who knows, tone, you know, tone it down the night before and then we'll do it, you know, Wednesday before the wedding. I mean, sorry, Tuesday before the wedding. And those are actually some of my favorite photos because a, obviously the lighting is perfect. Uh, B, since we were on the Pacific and the sun was rising, you get that beautiful like golden light on them with the ocean in the background versus the other way around. So yeah, it was just a beautiful session. They wore white dresses instead of uh, their wedding dresses for the next day. So they mm-hmm. felt a little bit more liberal with getting them dirty, getting them sandy, getting them wet. I could not talk them into going into the ocean, uh, unfortunately, but I did talk them into going into the ocean the next day for their wedding. (laughs) In their wedding dresses? Yep. Which, uh, as they got like just ankle deep, I realized quickly how dangerous that was, um, Mm -hmm. because the Pacific is super strong and one of the bride's dresses was rather big. And I could just see like it getting wet and heavy and just pulling her out into the water. And I just in good conscience couldn't handle that. So I kind of ex that, but I got to do some fun shots of them in the pool the day before. So at least I got to use my underwater housing I bought just for the trip. Oh, very nice. Would have been real mad if I had overnight shipped that thing. In the pool in swimsuits or in dresses? In dresses. Oh, cool. Yeah, the the pools all had infinity edges. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. if that's the correct term, but where the water essentially goes cascades over the edge of the pool and down to the beach. So you see the ocean oh, yeah, on cool. the other side of the pool, um, depending mm-hmm. on your perspective. And so I made them get in the pool and then climb up on the edge of the infinity wall. And then I got in the pool and kind of had my lens like half in the water, half out and tried to play with some perspective and stuff like that. Sounds like a lot of fun, buddy. It was. I mean, it was a fun trip for like me just playing with taking pictures, but like from a wedding portfolio piece, don't know that I really walked away with, you know, a full, in my mind's eye, like a full start to finish wedding because you got to do that off-camera flash to get the full Dustin McKenna Oh, I did off-camera flash. Yeah, we did. You brought yeah, it? we did off-camera flash. Oh, and you used, you used your wife as a life... Yeah. ...as a light stand? Yeah, easiest yeah. way to pack. <laughs> you just fold her up into your suitcase right. and uh, send her through the check, with the check bags. Have you seen Ocean's Eleven? It's like the same thing. I mean, your wife was a ballerina, mm-hmm. so I assume she can just fold herself right up. That's true. Very true. I mean, I could have brought you, but I... I don't fold up yeah. so well. I got that thick stick thing going the, on, as we talked th- about last week. The thickest week. of sticks. Yeah. So. A little sticky, too. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to find a real big suitcase to fit me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah, it was a good time. Thanks for asking, Steve. I'm so glad you asked about my trip to Mexico. So, Dustin, speaking of me asking about things going on in your life, um, how's, how's the political job stuff going? Uh, it's going okay. Uh, haven't really done a whole lot 
um, on the video side of things. I've uh, been taking a lot of pictures and they've been doing a heck of a lot of nothing with everything I've been shooting. So it's been, <laughs> it's been great. Yeah, I love getting paid to do nothing. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels or like. Or to do work that doesn't get used. That's that's great too. We had a meeting this week about that and I kind of just said, hey, I'm just going to start doing stuff because that way I don't want there to be any bitter hard feelings if this campaign doesn't get won. And you say, well, it's because Justin didn't do any thing. So this way I can uh, just start producing video content that I want to do. With no goal, no no, no clear way that you're going with this video no. content. You're just producing random just stuff. Just producing random stuff that I think would be interesting for people to watch. Just clickbaity. It's good to know that they have somebody at the helm there. Exactly. With the media. Just cl- well, it's going to be relevant. It's going to be... How did he word it? Slice of life type stuff. Just sort of Fort Wayne. Authentic. Authentic. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. So we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Uh, right now, my the, biggest thing I'm trying to overcome is I'm chafing like a mofo after this wedding today. That's, an, that's disgusting. <laughs> I didn't want to know that. Um, Just wanted you to know my pains and tribulations. We, we, have, we have more follow-up though, Dustin. You need to tell everybody about the SEO guy. SEO guy. Yeah, you just got off the phone with an, one of your new SEO guys. I, or your only new SEO my guy. My only new the SEO guy. The guy who, who told you all the terrible things his old boss did. Well, How do you I know don't wanna... you can trust this guy? How do you know? No, no, no. I want to know. I don't want to go into too much because I think we're going to have him on the podcast. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to know how you think you can trust this guy who's a rat. Uh, because he's an ethical human being and he recognizes mm. good and he recognizes bad and he left his old employer and started his own business because he realized that his old employer was just screwing people over. Is that why he left? Or, yeah. or did he see what his old employer did and then rat on him to a bunch of people and uh, try to steal all that business away. Is that because that that seems to be what happened? Well, he didn't try to steal any business away until the business was gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bankrupt business. <laughs> uh, you, you know, how do you know he didn't just lie to you about the whole thing? Lie to me about the guy going out of business? Yeah, maybe he's the one who sent out all those emails saying the guy went bankrupt. You don't know. It's all a master scheme. It's actually the same guy under a different name. The guy's just so flooded with all the work that he's doing. He hasn't had a chance to go through and get all those good, good leads. Uh, Like his Dustin clients, you know, He's, he's working on all these other new clients he picked up. He doesn't have time to go back through and check why Dustin stopped paying him money. Now, all of a sudden, Dustin's with, you know, his ex-employee who's been lying on him all over the internet. How do you know that's not what's going on? How much research have you done into this? Well, we'll just have to have him on the podcast, Steve, and you can answer the, answer, ask him these hard-hitting questions. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're not having this rat on the podcast. <laughs> well, I just told him to listen to our next episode, so maybe we should talk about it. That's okay, because the next episode will be the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he won't get to hear me call him a rat unless he, you know, loves the podcast and keeps listening. Yeah, <laughs> listens to the next two. <laughs> Doesn't we got some more follow-up? Mm-hmm. 
Shoes, shoes, shoes. We are primarily a podcast, a shoe podcast after a fa- all. I a, mean, main, a men's fashion podcast. We're ranked number yeah. one in the iTunes store for men's wedding fashion accessory tips. Wow. So, can almost not get that out. Um, a few weeks ago, Jen and I were shooting a wedding, and a lot of times Jen wears like heels and flats throughout the day. Like she switches back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once the reception kicks off and it's like, you know, dark and you can't see, she'll switch over to a pair of black running shoes. And the DJ we were working with that night took a photo of like the dance floor with Flash and just happened to capture Jen on the dance floor wearing shoes. And posted the photo just to show everybody like what a great time everyone was having you know and some other dj (laughs) jumped on the photo and started talking about how uh, how millennials didn't know how to dress anymore and and they they thought it was okay to wear shoes to a reception wow like sneakers yeah straight up trolled her yeah yeah so Jen, 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 you know, if she fires right back, you know, she's, she's not going to take shit sitting down and, uh, she fires right back and says something about how she's been working all day, literally on her feet all day. She has two other pairs of shoes that she's been, you know, wearing throughout the day. And she only switches to those shoes once, you know, it's the reception time, um, because she's been on her feet all day and, oh man, in my mind, she probably ended it with something like, something a DJ can understand <laughs> working a full day. She didn't say that, though. Should have. But in my mind, she did. And uh, the, the DJ who was working the reception just did one of those, like, points up at it and is like, this, all of this things, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and then I think the guy ended up deleting his comment. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, so uh, I guess, uh, you know, that's plus one for wearing running shoes to uh, the reception and minus one to DJs except the DJ we were working with. He was cool. Interesting. I've seen a couple of DJs wearing running shoes to weddings where I'm like, really? Like you just stand there all night. Yeah. No, I, most DJs, I know like the, the DJ we were working with that night, he brought like one of those foam pad things to stand on wow. when he was behind like the DJ booth. Not like a foam pad, but you know, yeah, like the, the little like, like standing pads that they have, like the yeah. grocery checkout aisle. Yeah. Yeah. Like grocery checkout aisle. Uh, when you work like in a factory, they'll have those a lot of times cause you're on your feet all day. They're trying to make your job a little bit better. Or you just slip, as somebody slip off who, your loafers and slip into some nice like cushy Uggs mm-hmm. while you're standing Ooh, behind yeah. that DJ booth. Yeah, that sounds nice. Um, as somebody who worked for a while at a factory, like when they're in college over the summers, I can tell you those little pads make a world of difference. Because I had like several different stations I would work at throughout the day, and like three out of the four did not have one of those pads. Why did you work in a factory? Summer job when I was in college. You can make like twice as much money working in a factory as you could with any other job when you're in college and home for the summer. What kind of factory was this? Uh, we made sliding glass doors. Interesting. Uh, let me correct that. We made sliding glass door frames. So we just made the door frames, and then somebody else would supply the actual glass that went into it. But we we supplied like everything else, like the tracks and the wood and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you enjoyed yeah. this? I, I worked a uh, no. It was terrible. It's the worst job ever. <laughs> I worked one of those machines that punched holes into metal. That if your arm got into it, you know, you'd probably lose your arm or get a bunch of cool holes in it. Who knows? 
Either or. It'd be real bad. (laughs) Both great options. (laughs) However, do you decide? But I went back and uh, worked over spring break and worked over another summer, you know? So I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was, it just wasn't my favorite thing in the world. I'm sure you could still get the job back. No, it's up, it's up where I grew up, you know? It's not down here in Noblesville. Just a small commute. If you know if you know a place in, in Noblesville with a good union that wants to hire me to punch holes in metal, um, I don't want to do that, but I will. I will, you know, anything for the dollar. All praise be to the dollar. I'll send you some metal that you can punch some holes in, Steve. So for this next piece of follow-up, we're going to head, head over to the drone zone. So without further ado, let's cross over into the drone zone. I talked about this with Ulysses the other week, but we forgot to talk about it last week or, you know, last night on the podcast. Um, so when I was shooting with the DJI Mavic Pro, mm-hmm. I ran into a problem, uh, the watercolor effect, mm-hmm. um, where when you're shooting in low light with a DJI Mavic Pro and it tries to sharpen your image um, for you because you're shooting at like a higher ISO or something, uh, because the lighting's so low and poor, um, it does like this thing where like everything gets blotchy and weird and gross and it looks like a watercolor right. painting, you know? Um, Cause why wouldn't you want so that? I was just wondering, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? So like, that's why like the photos and videos from the drone stuff from California, so low res so that you can't, cause when it's big, you can see it real bad. So I was just wondering, I was curious if you'd ever ran into anything like this. Nope. What, what, what sort of problems have you had with drones? I've never had any problems with drones, Steven. Except for mm-hmm. running them into the occasional tree. So wait, are you saying that I, Stephen Van Elk, novice drone user, has run into a problem you've never experienced with a drone before? No, because I typically... With all of your experience? Typically uh, shoot with mine in uh, proper lighting conditions, mm-hmm. uh, using mm-hmm. the proper technique. <laughs> the proper technique i love that uh, i did read online that if you bump like the sharpening up to plus one from like the flat image of like zero or whatever that that for some reason will get rid of the problem sometimes not all the time but sometimes <laughs> i was just like oh wow great so this is a piece of garbage when i'm in a low light situation otherwise it's fine but exactly yeah I think uh, you just need to practice more, Steve. I think you just need to get it out of I the agree. box and just practice, practice, yeah, tomorrow practice. Tomorrow night I'll fly it up into some fireworks and just see what happens. That's what I was thinking about doing. Yeah, flying it into the fireworks? Yeah. I want to see what it feels like to be dodging missiles and having explosions go off all around me. I think it'd be fun. It'd be like a real-life video game. Oh, yeah, it would be. And all the kids would get their bottle rockets out and be like, 100 points to whoever hits that Phantom. Speaking- I assume you'd be flying your Phantom and not your new Mavic Pro 2, right? Uh, Mavic Pro 2, I heard, doesn't have the same watercolor effect problem that the Mavic Pro has. Correct, Steve. That's why you own, you should own the Mavic 2 Pro. You should always always buy the newest, bestest, greatest. I so bought the Mavic Pro before that came out. The Mavic Air has the same problem I read as the Mavic Pro. Yeah. The Steve, Mavic Pro Steve 2 ask me not. if I own either of those drones. You own neither. Exactly. You're a Phantom Boy. When I met you, you're you're a Phantom Boy. You had a Phantom Three, I think, at the time. Now you got a Phantom Four, and and now you have a Mavic Pro Two. Though uh, as you well. missed one. I had a Phantom Four. 
for a little while. Now I have, I actually still have it, still on my shelf. I have a Phantom Four Pro. Hey, you know what? Did you bring the Mavic to Mexico with you? Yeah, I did. Did you, did you get any cool shots with it? Did you do any uh, video or photos? I did or? both. I did both photo and video. Um, <laughs> did I get anything cool? It's debatable. I did the bride's dress shot with the drone just so I could feel like I used it for something on the wedding day. <laughs> I hung it on the balcony and then zipped the drone out over the hotel and shot the dress. Both of the bride's dresses or just I one just did one because I thought that would be kind of weird if I did both bride's dresses the same way. If they were like in hotel rooms that were like side by side, maybe that would have been kind of cool. But they were like in opposite ends of the hotel. So it would have been like yeah. doing two separate shots of the same thing. And only one bride had a hotel room that like really had a, you know, view of the ocean. Wow. So. The, when, when they got their hotel rooms, one was like, I get the good one. You're well, no, be in the crappy they one. Were obviously both shared the one that overlooked the ocean, but the other one got ready in the parents' room. Hmm. They didn't want to be together that morning until the first look. No, totally understandable. I get that. I get okay. that. Yeah. But yeah, I got some shots. Zip, I'll, I'll zip the drone out real quick off the balcony. You like flew it up off the balcony, zipped it out, got the shots, flew it back on the balcony and landed it. No, I, I zipped it off the balcony, took some shots of the dress. Then I zipped it around the resort while I had it up, shot some pictures of the resort and then I did not trust myself to re-land it on the narrow-ass balcony, which was about the width of two drones. Mm -hmm. um, so I landed it on the main level near the pool and had Corinne waiting down there to scoop it up. Oh my gosh, I knew it. I just knew it from the very get-go. I knew it's going to end with you being like, I sent Corinne down um, to to get it for me. We were playing drone fetch, and <laughs> I was like, go get it, girl. Go get it. Go get it. Gosh, uh, you have Gosh, to keep, you you have to keep wife in mind that no. I was really sick on this wedding day. Was, wasn't Corinne also very didn't sick? Hit, you said she was very sick too. No, it didn't hit her until probably the evening of the wedding. It hit me the day before the wedding. All right, all right. Dustin, you know... Uh, what are you drinking tonight? You drinking anything? Uh, I know uh, you, you had a long day working. You deserve a beer. <laughs> you deserve a beer I, for a hardworking man like you. I deserve a beer. However, instead of a beer, I'm drinking a Arby's Jamocha shake. <laughs> I stopped. Trying to stay up a little later today. Yeah, I stopped at Arby's on the way home from the wedding. Got some mozzarella sticks, some curly fries. Just really the fat man's dream. Uh, that's what I call it when I go up to the drive-thru. I just I'm going to take the fat man's dream. And Dude, how can you eat those Arby's curly fries? They're they so weren't, bad. They honestly weren't for me. They were for Corinne. I don't like curly fries. but um, Curly fries I got no beef with. It's the Arby's curly fries that I don't like. I don't mind them. There's just something wrong with them. I, was, I can't go through the drive-thru and not get mozzarella sticks there. That's really my, my cross to bear. Yeah, no. I, it's a cross we all bear at some point in time in our life. I've, I've borne born that cross as well yeah yeah but that's that's what i'm drinking tonight steve a cold refreshing coffee chocolate milk beverage 
that's just utterly delicious. What might you be drinking this evening, Stephen? You know, Dustin, and the raven still is sitting, never flitting, never flitting, here upon my podcasting desk <laughs> floor. Damn it. I lost the rhyme. I lost the rhyme. Um, you know, can't do Poe justice. I'm back on that new Holland Brewing Company, uh, The Poet, oatmeal stout, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I got to finish out the six pack. You know how it is. I know how it is. One of my faves as far as like uh, cheaper beers go, you know? Yeah. It's like nine bucks for a six pack. It's not bad. Good. Glad it's doing you justice. <laughs> the most justice. Got an orange label on it too. You could almost say it's doing me orange justice. Oh, little OJ justice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all? That was just a weird, weird <laughs> reference for all the Fortnite fans out there. <laughs> Did Dustin even get that? Do nope. you know what Orange Justice is? No. I'll send you some videos. Don't worry about it. Dustin, you want to hit some topics up? Let's hit them. Dustin, our first topic comes to us all the way from Bored Panda. Ooh. There is so. an influencer bride trying to do that that kim k thing you know what i'm talking about kim kardashian ulysses del toro's old boss yeah mm-hmm. yeah she's out there saying that uh with her fifty-five thousand followers on instagram she thinks she should get free wedding photos i'm just waiting for the day where we can charge more because we have large followings on instagram so when I hit 55K on Instagram, can I start telling Brett, oh, I'm sorry, I have to raise my prices now because I have such a large following. Your photos are going to be so well received by my followers um, that I just can't take any willy-nilly wedding that comes in the door. Yeah. That, can you can you flip the script like that? <laughs> I, I could only hope so. So, you know, get on out there, everybody, and start buying those Instagram followers. So so you can flip the yeah. script and just be like, actually, I'm I'm not shooting weddings for free anymore. People are actually paying me to shoot weddings now <laughs> because I have so many followers. Um, because we all know that it, you don't get paid unless you have a lot of followers. Right. And then you take all of that money to buy more followers. Yeah, that's exactly what you got to do. Man, kind of sounds like a vicious cycle, Steve. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, if you want to stay on top, do you want to be top dog, Dustin? Or do you want to be fighting for a bone at the bottom of the heap? I want to be top panda. I want to be top panda. Not a bored panda, per se. (laughs) So... Oh, man. Here's the email that this um, influencer sent out. Actually, not even them. They're like manager or whatever. And I said, good morning. My client is a well-known social media influencer who is planning to be married at the blank on the 10th of April, 2021. So, you know, doing doing some work, legwork really far out in advance. In the lead up to her wedding, beginning this summer, she would like a documentary style video an hour long and photos taken at bridal fittings, which can be shared with her followers. On the day of the wedding, she would like a video documenting the whole day, must be one hour plus in length, and a package that includes approximately 1,000 photos. In exchange, she is willing to extensively promote your business to followers on Instagram and Facebook. Combined amount 
of 55,000, including story shoutouts, and will offer a discount of at least 25% on your packages. Just so you are aware, we've approached four other similar businesses in your area, so a fast response will be beneficial to your business. Two hour long videos, 1,000 photos, and this influencer only has 55,000 followers, not on Instagram or on Facebook, but combined Instagram and Facebook. Oh, wow. 55,000 followers. It's a good spin on whoever wrote the emails part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody here knows that they are just really, really reaching. I love the idea of this person being a well-known social media influencer with 55,000 followers. I feel like if you want to claim to be well-known, you need to have 250K at least, you know? I wish they could put like something like, then that does not even include their MySpace following. Yeah. I also love that they're like, also, they're going to do story shout-outs to you. And those story shout-outs will offer a discount of at least 25% on your packages. So all the clients you book from this person <laughs> will be at a 25% discount. Right. You don't get a say in that. That's just what the influencer is telling you will happen. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Uh, I cannot. But you can. I cannot believe this. You can believe it, Steve. You surely have gotten emails from people trying to play this game. I know I have. Yeah. So, so the people they uh, emailed this to, um, one of them responded and said, thanks for your email. We really appreciate the offer. We don't usually offer our services for anything other than our regular going rate. However, we would consider making an exception in this case. Firstly, we would just like to check if there might have been a typo in your original email, specifically relating to a missing zero on the amount of combined followers your client has <laughs> across all their platforms. Damn! <laughs> Jeez. That's a good that was a good one. <laughs> I love that. I just that was that was a that was a real sick burn. Well, I just wonder if they're if they're target targeting like lower end photographers or videographers or how do they feel that these people will succumb to free service in that extent for nothing but, you know, shitty exposure. Yeah. Hey, I guess you got to try though. Yeah, you got to try. So in a somewhat similar note, on a somewhat similar note, uh, there was a story I saw today on Twitter from an ice cream truck mm. in the Los Angeles area, I believe. Mm -hmm. Go and on. The I love ice cream. owner of the ice cream truck has said, influencers pay double. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's sick of influencers coming up and asking for free ice cream. What is up with these people thinking they just get free stuff? Yeah, so he's he said that uh, if you claim to be an influencer and come to him, he's going to charge you double for the ice cream instead of... The guy is uh, Joe Nietzsche, Nietzsche, N-I-C-C-H-I. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. So, yeah. No, I love this. I love this idea. It's great when somebody's like, can I get this thing for free? And you're just like, oh, yeah, no, actually, that's going to cost you money. Perfect. Perfect. Do you think we will live in a world where people pay based on how many followers they have? Your status will be like, oh, you're a 55K follower level. Um, that's going to be a $3 Frappuccino for you versus 
you measly 10,000 follower person, that's going to be an $80 Frappuccino for you. But please, make sure you snap a photo on your way out. I was shooting an event a while ago, almost a year ago now, and there was a guy there, I was talking to him, I was doing video of the event, he was also doing video, and we just, we started talking, uh, he was doing like for a news thing, and I was actually working for the event, making like a video for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. And he asked me if he could grab my Instagram handle, because he wanted to follow me to see like what kind of work I did. And I was like, oh yeah, it's just my name, Steven Van Elk, and he on the spot, pulls his phone out, types it in, and follows me, and then goes, oh, damn, you have 16,000 followers? Oh, man, I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) The dude was maybe like two or three years younger than me. I was just like, no, no, please, please take that back. Let's let's pretend like you never said that. Like... (laughs) It was one of those like super awkward moments. Like I worked really hard to get my following count up to there, but it was mostly just because I knew once I cleared the 10K mark, I could uh, share links in my stories if I made my account a business account, you know? Right. Um, but I like, I don't, please, please, if you're listening and you, and you think like, oh man, I want to have a ton of followers. Like followers on Instagram and other places don't matter. Uh, as, as uh, Joe Nietzsche said in his thing, um, when somebody, he, he's, <laughs> I got to read this to you, what he, he said. Um, so somebody said to him that he had, somebody came up to him and he said, man, this line is crazy. I'm surprised you guys only have 5,000 followers. And Joe Nietzsche, the guy who runs Ice Cream Truck, looked back at him and says, why does it matter what that number says? I have a line down the street, you know, paying customers. And I feel like as 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 working professionals, that's that's the thing we got to go for. We got to go for real clients and not just followers. And I don't know, man. It made me kind of want to delete my account when that guy said that thing about wishing he could be me when he grows up because I had sixteen thousand followers, which is like none. Steve, that's a lot of people who really want to see your stuff. That's a lot of bots. I'm sure is what it really is. <laughs> Eva, Eva needed to start somewhere. Yeah, she did. And when I post a photo and it gets like 50 likes, <laughs> I know that it's a lot of bots that follow me. Sorry that I don't like your stuff more often, okay? Yeah, damn it, Dustin. Why don't you like more of my this stuff? This whole conversation was just a passive-aggressive way for you to get to me and ask why the frick I don't like more of your posts. Now you want to no, know why? I, because people I on don't get on podcast now, I will just get aggressive with you and I'll actually say it. If I feel it, I don't get on Instagram or social media for that matter. So Dustin, can I tell you a story about something that happened to Jen? Well, yeah, to Jen, not really to me. Sure, Steve. Do share. It happened to both of us. So we got a wedding coming up three days away and we received an email from the wedding planner for this wedding Mm -hmm. with a updated timeline. Okay. Go on. Or updated itinerary. And the itinerary showed us showing up two hours before the time that we had discussed showing up with the client. Okay. But you do like the whole unlimited hours, right? This client actually did do unlimited hours. That is correct. Mm -hmm. So Jen saw this and was like, I'm sorry, but you don't just add time onto like when we show up. Like that's something we, you know, talk to the client about and work out. 
not three days before the wedding, you know, unless like something changed with the client and they wanted to talk to us, but we don't just, you don't just send us an itinerary that has an updated change, right? So Jen contacted the bride to talk to her about this because up till now she'd always been in contact with the bride. Right. And the bride said she didn't know that the time had changed for our arrival. I mean, why did it change? Was there anything else that changed that influenced your arrival time change? They just, they changed their coverage up. They were on like a thing where they only got like a set amount of time for their coverage, you know? Yeah. And they changed it to unlimited. And I guess when the wedding planner saw we were unlimited, she just changed it to say we'd show up at the very beginning of hair and makeup. As opposed to like at the end of hair and makeup when we typically show up. So Gotcha. Yeah. So Jen talked to the bride and the bride was like, no, I thought you were still showing up at the time we discussed. So then Jen had to email the wedding planner and just be like, hey, I uh, just wanted to let you know, um, I talked with the bride and uh, we're, we're going to stick with the time we originally planned on showing up, basically. That's that's not verbatim exactly what she said. I'm afraid she's going to listen to this in the future. But feel free, feel free to snap some photos. <laughs> Feel free to take your iPhone out and snap some photos of a bunch of girls who don't have their hair or makeup done yet. That would be great. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure they're all going to love that. Hey, precisely. Steve, I'm, I'm so glad you're on the same page for this one. Yeah. Dustin, have you ever had something like that happen to you? Um, Is this why you don't like working with wedding planners? <laughs> we don't have wedding planners, so I can't say. <laughs> uh, we have only one wedding venue in town that um, sort of dictates all the planning. And so whenever that's the case, it just has become easier for me if I just kind of, you know, let them know how many hours we're booked for and then they kind of work the timeline around that um, mm -hmm. based upon that. So they don't ever try and like stress the bride out and be like, well, I think you should add more time on for your photographer, which would be handy. But it's not something, you know, they're all about, which is fine. So we just, instead of trying to make the timeline for the brides, we just contact the venue and just say, hey, can you send over the timeline for the day? But everybody else, we do the timelines for them. So there's no nice. planner ever involved for us. I typically love having a planner involved. This is like uh, the only weird thing that's ever popped up for us. I shouldn't say that. There's probably been other weird things that Jen just hasn't clued me into. Let's be honest. There you go. She she runs the show. Uh, so the other day, Dustin, and I was shooting an engagement shoot with a young couple in By yourself? Muncie, Indiana. By yourself? Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah, just, just me and the, the couple. And uh, my clients were just kind of talking to me while I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to do like some kissing shots or whatever? And like, they're like, yeah, uh, we just got one question. Our friends just got married and their photographer told them that when they kiss for the first time at their wedding, uh -huh. you know, yeah. the, the big kiss at the ceremony, they have to hold the kiss for four seconds. Accurate. For four seconds. Who was the photographer? I need, I don't I need know. Names. I didn't ask. Yeah. So how, how long do you, do, do you t inform your clients that they have to hold a kiss? No. 
Uh, we tell them don't hold the kiss, but use the tongue. Definitely use, <laughs> use the, the tongue. tongue. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are if your clothes are still on at the end of the first kiss, you did it wrong. You know, your guests, they bought you gifts. They came, you know, bearing they gifts. They came for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those gifts cost a lot of money. They paid for a show. So you, you need to perform. And that's, yep. that's the place where we're at these days. Unless you're a social influencer, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, you gotta put on a show. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I only tell my brides and grooms and that, you know, when they go to buy like their tux, their wedding dresses, all that kind of stuff, everything needs to be rip offable. Precisely. Or edible for that yeah. matter. Oh, definitely. Edible banana hammocks underneath the, uh, mm-hmm. the tux. Yeah. Or the dress, whatever you're into. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Whatever you're into. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm there for it. I'm here for it. You know what I'm talking about. Ah, Steven. I don't know. I don't know. Who says four seconds? I don't know. I, I, so today the wedding we were shooting, I was second shooting video for my friend Luke McBride. And, uh, I got to experience a little bit of seeing another photographer in action. And I always personally enjoy that, um, getting to kind of see how another photographer sort of approaches the day, uh, a little differently than how you would do it. And not in like necessarily a negative way. It was just different. And I like to, I, you know, she, I picked up several little, you know, things that I might kind of work into what I do that I thought were really neat, really unique. Mm-hmm. But one thing she says to her clients, uh, the first thing when you're starting portraits is as they're wa- like doing a walking shot away from the camera is she yells real loud say the first dirty word that comes to your mind at each other. Oh yeah. What did it say? <laughs> I, you can never hear what they say cause you're so far from them, but yeah, it was just, they both just start cracking up laughing and just, you would just evoke like more, uh, natural, naturalistic, like expressions and reactions from the couple. I just thought that was a good, um, sort of setup line. Mm-hmm. Now, if your couple's super religious and, a, you know, a little stick up their butt-ish, um, like Thick Stick Steve, it <laughs> might be a little bit more challenging for that scenario. Yeah, yeah, you know. She also carried a um, Bluetooth speaker attached to her camera bag, like her shoulder bag, mm-hmm. um, and would play different music based on the different types of photos she was trying to get. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. You guys were shooting video during this? I would have murdered her. I would have straight murdered her. We don't use any of the audio during portrait time. I don't care. What if you wanted to use audio? I would have straight murdered her. You know that... Uh, we you, don't. No, 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 so. no, 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 no. We, we need to clear this up because you obviously don't even know how licensing works. You have to pay money if you record a song, not just if you use the recording of a song in a video that you're editing. If you record a song, technically you are supposed to pay Our a licensing fee. Oh there yeah. 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 I'm sure they were off. <laughs> yeah. So newsflash for all Steve, the photographers the book, out Mc- here. Do not play Bluetooth music during a photo shoot when a videographer is present. Don't even hum music. Don't even think about it. Don't, <laughs> don't even, even think, think about it. 
Jiminy Christmas, I can't believe this. Don't even fart to a tune of a jingle. But I thought it was cool. It really helped me get in the mood. <coughs> she played really upbeat music during the bridal party stuff. And then she played a little bit more like uh, folksy. Yeah, because that's what everybody wants. They want their videographer who's supposed to be getting this like super stable, super awesome video to be jamming out and bebopping the whole time, bouncing up and down, putting their hands up on the hip. When you dip, I dip, we dip. I mean, Steve, you know me. How else How else do I shoot? You exactly. do a lot of dipping. <laughs> a lot of dipping. We dip and dip and dip. Yeah. Yeah, last time I shot with you, your hand was on my hip the entire time, and we were dipping together the entire time. And I was like, Dustin, don't you want me to get these shots from like a little bit different angle? And you were like, no, Steve, no. <laughs> you whispered exactly. it like right into my ear, and it's kind of like, no, Steve, I, I don't need you to get any different shots. This is perfect right here, and I dip. See? And everything turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't worked for you again since, though. You're really taking that to heart. Dustin, I got a big question for you, though, today. You were shooting with a black magic pocket cinema camera 4K. What's that like? Because you typically shoot with Sony and Nikon. Uh, you don't have a lot of experience with black magic. I think I did okay. Um, it was definitely a unique experience. It was very different. Uh, if I had to make one change to the camera, I would add a swivel screen. Mm -hmm. Or like a tilt screen like I'm used to with the Sonys because um, I didn't bring my small HD monitor. Mm -hmm. But it uh, it was good. For, I mean, for what those cameras cost, it makes some remarkable footage. Yeah, the Blackmagic the, Pocket Cinema Camera 4K is only like a 1200 right now or 1300? 1200. 12, yeah, you get them between 12 and 1300. But by the time you add like uh, Luke had a small rig cage around it and like all these attachments and uh, V-mount battery adapter. So, I mean, by the time you add all this stuff on, it ends up being like, you know, same price as a Sony. Yeah. But it's definitely, I could see if you were a seasoned videographer and you had never shot with a DSLR, this camera would make way more sense for you than a DSLR. But the the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K is kind of like a weird, like, it almost looks like a DSLR. Mm -hmm. Like, mixed with, like, a 90s point-and-shoot. Like, it's a, it's, a real, it's a real interesting look. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it felt good in my hands. The button placement, uh, once I got used to the buttons, um, they were really intuitive. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say I was a little disturbed that Luke didn't share with me that it's a touchscreen menu. Yeah. Um, so that would have been really time saving had I known that. <laughs> so I wasn't using the one <laughs> dial on the entire camera to navigate everything. They've um, been touchscreen almost since the very first one came out, like uh, back. Well, like I've never shot with a Blackmagic. <laughs> so when Blackmagic came on the scene, they made like a huge splash because it was like, "Hey, here's our Blackmagic cinema camera. It shoots. Uh, I think at the time it shot like 2K, the very first one that came out." And it cost, you know, $5,000 or something like that. And it was like the uh, the next best camera you could get that shot like, you know, raw footage, cinema quality sort of stuff at the time. 
was like a red camera, which is already like the red camera was like so much cheaper than like your traditional like Sony cameras and stuff. Like the red camera is $30,000 or something like that. And like getting a Sony camera that would have been like comparable to the red at the time was like $100,000. Like, so like red had already like cut the legs out of like the entire like game and caused everybody to start lowering prices. And black magic came along and was like, no, we can, we can take it down like a few more steps, you know? Right. So I I read a lot about them back in the day just because I was so impressed. You should by get one. This company. I I've played around with the Blackmagic Cinema cameras like when they first came out, and they were like the ones that were like more for studio use, uh, not like the newer Ursas. Mm-hmm. Like the Ursas are more of like a running gun sort of out in the field workhorse sort of thing. That's what Luke has, right? He has a Ursa Mini. Ursa Mini. Yep. Yeah. I would like so to. So he got this to kind of pair. Yeah. Because it was getting tricky color grading, matching mm-hmm. the Sony stuff to the Ursa stuff. Dude, matching between different camera brands is so frustrating when you go to edit video. With RAW, it'd be a lot easier if you're shooting RAW. Does he shoot RAW or does he shoot, uh, does he shoot in not, like a compressed format? Because you, you don't I have to it, shoot RAW. Right, we weren't shooting RAW for hard drive's sake because the CFAS cards are so wicked expensive. Yeah. Yeah, no, you burn through it if you're shooting raw. So I think each of us shot uh, about 256 gig CFast cards mm-hmm. uh, today. Nice. And then once we hit that, we switched back over to Sony <laughs> for like the dancing stuff. Very cool. So it was a good experience. Though? Yeah, no, it was fun. The yeah, I mean, I I would Are you definitely sell your Sony stuff again. to go. All in on this black magic? I mean, I would be curious to see what Sony does with the, you know, A7S III, if it ever comes out. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I could definitely see why this would be an appealing camera. The only problem with this is the fact that I do photo too. So I like a camera that can do both. Um, you can take stills do with both the well. Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it, but I'm pretty certain you can. You just well, shoot for 4K example, raw what? and lift some still frames out. Yeah. You can export TIFFs right out of that. The shutter functionality on the camera is much different than what you're, as a photographer, you're used to because you don't have it in terms of shutter speed. It's in terms of like, degrees Mm -hmm. so i was like not really familiar with that lingo that's a whole different world when you get into like yeah luke was like translating you know 180 degrees equals like you know 120 frames a second or 60 frames a second or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah that's crazy. But I did like how they have a button right on the back of the screen that switches automatically from uh, 24 to 60 so that you can kind of switch your frame rate really fast Does, does going into the menu. Did the one you have, was it capable of going all the way up to like 120? Uh, Not at 4K, yes, it'd be like so. at 720p if it went up to 120. Or maybe 1080p. Yeah, I, I think it was, but st- but Luke had it set to just only switch between 24 and 60. Why would you go 24 to 60? Uh, we shoot 24. Our style is we shoot 24 for like toasts 
and ceremony and any spoken word type stuff essentially that we might use for the video. And then we, everything else we shoot at 60 just to make it a little smoother. Um, and you know, the ability then you can speed it back up and it still looks pretty good. Um, or you can slow it down. You got, you have that flexibility when you go 120, it's just a little too slow unless you're doing something with a lot of movement, something that's really going to be eye catching. It's just not really a necessity in my opinion and Luke's opinion for that matter. But I know you like shooting that 120. You can't go 24 and 60. You can't go 24 and 60. I don't understand this. Yeah. Not if you're going to play the 60 back at regular speed. Works just fine. No. Check out all of my videos ever. I have checked out all your videos ever. When you play 60 frames per second at in a, in a timeline at 24 frames per second, there is a stutter. Do you know how uh, it goes from a, when, it, when you drop a 60 frame per second video into a 24 frame per second timeline? Do you know what happens? So, so, so tw- 24 goes into 60 frames per second uh, two and a half times, right? Mm-hmm. So basically the, the, the idea here is, Dustin, um, for every photo it keeps, it then throws one away, like in the image sequence that your video is composed of. So keep a photo, throw a photo away, keep a photo, throw a photo away would be if you went from 60 to 30, right? So every other photo is just gone. Mm -hmm. When you go from 60 to 24, it's not keep a photo, throw one away, keep one, throw one away. It's keep a photo, throw one away, keep a photo, throw two away, keep a photo, throw one away, keep a photo, throw two away. So you get like a weird stutter because it's not playing the frames back at the right speed. And so, mm. I mean, it'll, it'll look a little Never bit smoother anything. than if you go from like 30 to 24, but it's still not quite smooth. It still has like a little jitter, like stutter to it. But if you go from 120 to 24, then on playback, it's a uh, 24 goes into 120, you know, five times. So you just keep one out of every five photos done. But it looked fine. Looks fine to me. <laughs> of course it looks fine to you. Of course it does. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to communicate. I don't know how to get you to rap. I don't know why you're working with someone who's spending all this money on black magic stuff and doesn't understand basics of like frame rates and how, how their freaking timeline works when they go to edit. He's spending all this money getting these ridiculously expensive comparatively toys and, and gears and mabobbers for his videos. And then just doesn't even understand. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure on the Black Magic, when you're shooting at 60, it's shooting it on um, as if it's a 24. Like it's already slowing it down in camera. That doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any sense at all. Well, when we were playing back, the footage on the camera was already in slow mo. Okay, so it's playing it back in slow motion. It's not playing it back as okay. I got it. That makes sense. Doesn't one more thing before we go on to go. questions and mm-hmm. answers. So mm-hmm. I was going through Facebook today and I saw somebody saying that they were trying to do their very first stranger session ever. They've been seeing it all over. And so they advertise for it. They've had a ton of women enter to be a part of this stranger session, okay. but they can't find any men to do it. 
So, Dustin, I got to ask you. What is a stranger session? What the f*** is a stranger session? (laughs) Uh, Oh, you know what? Now that you say it, I have seen this going viral. Uh, This is the thing where you get two complete strangers to do a session together. um, Mm -hmm. And you, like do intimate poses like you would at an engagement session, mm-hmm. but the people have never met. Yeah. Yeah. Some photographer di- uh, does this as like a workshop and mm-hmm. it started going viral because these people, the photos were really gorgeous and the p- you find out as you read on that these people have never met. Mm-hmm. And so the photographer boasts that she can make, these beautiful intimate images even with complete strangers so now everybody and your brother wants to try and do that okay so i'm gonna go back and uh repeat what i said earlier what the is this and why are people doing it i i appended why are people doing it onto that because what you just told me uh is basically what i pieced together on my own just from reading it and i don't understand the appeal for like all the people I saw who are doing this are wedding photographers. And it just seems like, mm-hmm. it seems very trendy. And it seems like, hey, I'm making images that no one is going to care about in a little while. And who really cares if I can get two strangers to look good together, especially when I'm putting out basically a model call to try to get models who want to do this. It's basically just like doing a styled shoot where you bring two models in. I do not understand why people are going crazy over this. This makes no sense to me at all. Uh, because I think people are spinning it instead of saying like, oh, I did a style shoot with two models. They're saying, I did a style shoot with two strangers. Yeah. Yeah. So they took something that sounded normal and we're like, how can I make it sound a little creepy? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to bring two strangers together and make them look like they love each other. You know what I'm talking about, Dustin. The style shoots I've done with models, obviously they won't kiss or do a lot of the super intimate stuff I, that we in, would do. In my research the, on stranger sessions, I didn't see anybody kissing. Yeah. They probably wouldn't kiss in those, but they do get pretty touchy-feely. So I'm I'm thinking that like, you know, you there has to be some sort of level of comfort comfort in this going into it. Maybe it could become a new form of like speed dating. Yeah, no, that's actually, yeah, that's where I wanted to go with this. Photography is a Tinder service. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm bringing strangers together. We're going to see if they hit it off five years from now when they're getting married, you know. Uh, Suddenly, I'm going viral because uh, they only got together because of my stranger service, you know. So how do I think you got to spin it. You can't call it stranger service. That just sounds a little. Got it. Got it. Got it. um, Uh, Stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. Service. Stranger danger service. Is that a good one? Why don't we call it like session dating or Ooh, photo oh. dating? Swinger sw- swinger photos. Swinger photos. Yeah. Mm. Key party photos. Um, <laughs> uh, not quite sure if that works. I'm going to bring two married couples together who don't know each other, and then I'm going to mix... <laughs> Mix the the couples and do photos of them. And then people will be like, what is going on here? Both of these people are married to other people. <laughs> Why do they but look so strangers. But they're strangers. <laughs> Don't you love my art? I get the very first person who did it is some sort of like art statement of like, hey, I want to, I want to take this thing I've been doing, wedding photography, and flip it on its head by doing... Basically, model shoots. Okay, it's not even... 
it's just it's just a, a rebranded way to say I did a styled shoot. That's all it really is. Unless they're not professional models. What if they're just average Joes? Half of the styled shoots I see are not with professional models. They're with average Joes. So then it would be true strangers. You're making it seem like they would be models to the point where the things they're being asked to do would be second nature. But if you ask, like, you know, some friend of yours, hey, you know, well, let's say it's a female friend. Hey, you got a dashing figure. Would you like to come and pose for me? <laughs> With a that stranger. Is every, almost every single style to shoot I see is like that. They just find somebody who they know who is attractive and they're like, yeah, no, 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 just come jump into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a ton of people who are like, I went out and got a model because models cost money. And most photographers I know aren't willing to dish out money for their styled shoots. They're trying to get everything for free. They go around to a bunch of other vendors and they're like, hey, I have 250 followers on Instagram and Facebook. I'm doing a styled shoot. I would love to get your coffee table into my styled shoot. Um, If I could just borrow it for free for a day. I know you are a rental company that rents furniture. I'm not going to pay though because I'm going to bring so many people to you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm also going to give you a lot of shout outs in my story. Everybody who comes to rent to you from my shout outs gets a 25% discount <laughs> minimum. So what you're saying is we are the problem. <laughs> there are a lot of photographers who are a part of the problem. Every single influencer that you see online is a photographer in some way, shape, or form. Not a single one of them is like, I don't know how to use a camera. Every single one of them is out there doing photos. Or having someone take them for them. Yeah, like their their husband or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their wife or whoever. But yeah, they, they, they've all got somebody. I just default to like husband or boyfriend because it seems like Instagram husbands are all the rage these days. Some days I just wish I had an Instagram wife. <laughs> yeah. You just want Corinne to follow you around and take pictures of you, give up the doctrine? No, I want her to let me take pictures of her. When we oh. were in Mexico, that's like the most photos she's ever let me take of her since we were on our honeymoon. Because <laughs> she'd be like, stop taking pictures of me, Dustin. I'm like, ah, oh, that this scene is just so epic and I don't want to just shoot the scene. I want somebody in it and all I've got is you. So we make do with what we're given. All I've got is you and we make do. Oh my gosh. You don't know how to approach that situation. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. Let's do some Q&A. Q&A me, Stevie. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... All right, Dustin, our first question comes from Stephen Van Ock. Stephen Van Ock, that's what? me. That's me. <laughs> from Is our, he allowed to ask questions? Allowed to ask questions from our very own Facebook group. Stephen Van Ock, that's me, asked, what's the most awkward situation you've been put into so far this wedding season? Hmm. You, got, you got any stories for us, Dustin? Um, I don't think I've been put into... Any awkward situations this year? This, I mean, we had one wedding where Corinne walked in on the bride doing drugs, and I wasn't there for that. But that that was definitely awkward. And Corinne was like, "Hey, just let me get a quick sniff of that. Is that how that worked out, or what happened there?" 
Did she call oh, the cops? Just, Did she call the cops? No. Is Corinna no, an I, I was apparently... I'm sorry. Is Corinna a rat? Like your SEO guy? You just are very insistent on using that in a negative sense. But no, it was apparently prescript, prescribed, but the bride was just super stressed out about the wedding and needed something to calm her down. Even though I don't think it's legal in Indiana yet. To crush up an speaking, Adderall and snort it? I, I don't know what she did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to know. Oh, wait. It's not legal in India. It's, it's weed. Was yes. it weed? I think. I don't know. Crin's like the worst human being to ask about drugs because it could have been a tic-tac and she, like, she was doing drugs. I saw it with my own two eyes. It was ecstasy. <laughs> it was ecstasy. It was in the shape of an X. Came out of a Fruit Loop box. <laughs> Might have been a marshmallow. I don't know. But um, no, she did. She definitely did something because she came into the reception a very different person than what she was earlier. That a happier night. person, a nicer person, uh, a mellower person. Sounds like sounds like whatever it was she did, it was working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> she had sort of a glazed look about her. Honey glazed, like a Krispy Kreme donut. Mm, oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? What's the craziest, most awkward thing that's happened to you this wedding season, Stephen? So, I shared a story in the group already. <gasps> but I'm going to share another story here. The Dustin, real story. Recently, at a wedding I was shooting, went in, shot the bride, shot the bridesmaids getting ready. It was all good Killed times, them. Right? You killed them. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one. Just, no, jeez. So, captured all that. Go to go walk out of the main house to the carriage house where the guys are getting ready. Um, go up into the carriage house and the groom is not getting ready yet. And he says he can't get ready yet because he needs to use the bathroom before he can get ready. But mm-hmm, caveat, mm-hmm. the bride's dad is in the bathroom at the carriage house and he's been in the there a real long time. In, okay. Mm-hmm. And go he doesn't want to knock and like be like, hey, get out of here. Because, you know, that's his future father-in-law. So So he decides to just wait and not to tell him that uh, there's a bunch of people now in the carriage house uh, who weren't there before. And the bride's father was showering, apparently. And so we're all just waiting around for the bride's father to come out. The door opens. Everyone looks back. Bride's father walks out butt naked. (laughs) 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 Thinking no one's there. Didn't realize the guys had already showed up. Did you at least get a picture of it? No, no. Hell no. Oh, man. You should have gotten a photo of that. So, Dustin, uh, do, do you want to put a link in the show notes for you? Do you, do you see anything from from what our, what our listeners have been responding with that you want to share? Sure. Hit me up. Oh, let me pull it up so I can refresh my memory. All right, uh, I'll get it started. So, Cortland A. Wilson writes, and he says, the sister of the bride got hammered at a wedding he went to real early on. And then she went to give her speech. She opened up the speech by saying, what the f*** are you doing? And then tried to play it off as if it was a joke. Wait, what? Sister of the bride gave up to give her toast, looked at the bride and said, what the f*** are you doing? Interesting. Yeah. On her wedding day. And then just sat back down? Apparently there was more speech after that. She, she tried to play it off like, you know, 
she hadn't been, you know, calling out her sister on, I guess, getting married. <sighs> so, I mean, that one's not too awkward for Cortland, but it is a pretty awkward situation to be in, period. Well, I thought longtime listener of the show and personal friend of the show, Jackie M. Santana, had a good one. Mm, of course uh, you thought that was a good one. Of course <laughs> you did, you son of a bitch. Uh, she wrote in uh, on the Facebook group question to inform us that the most awkward part of her wedding season uh, to date has been working with actually the great Stephen Van Elk um, and went on to say it was just so awkward. Yeah, Jackie said it was like the worst time of her life. She just spent all of her time like wondering what the hell Steve was talking about, what he was doing. It was just a terrible time. That's, you know, just one person's opinion of what happened that day, I feel like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Rebecca Elliott did mention in her comment, Yeah. I don't know if we can say this on the podcast, but uh, we're going to for you, Rebecca. Uh, and then Steve might cut it out. <laughs> it is the, the YMCA song came on and the father of the groom felt it necessary to walk up and tell me that he doesn't dance to music made by black people to make white people dance. What the actual f- Rebecca said in her head, I'm assuming. I hope she said it to him. <laughs> Knowing her, she might have. I told him to walk away from me. I have ignored a lot of disrespect in my years as hired help, but this guy, he really got to me. Misogynistic and bigot comments all day speaking of being treated like the help so jen jen hates it when people refer to her as like photographer at weddings and i've never once had that happened um i guess it doesn't bother me (laughs) until this last week there's there was a girl at the wedding i was at and uh multiple times throughout the day she was like photographer photographer and she actually like held her hands up like maybe she had just snapped and i didn't hurt it you know she's like photographer iced tea refill Ice tea refill. Photographer, <laughs> we, we, we need a picture. And I was like, nobody else at this entire wedding is treating me like this. Not a single other person. Nobody's treating my wife like this. Why is this one lady doing this to me over and over and over again? Just asking for all these photos. It's like, well, we would like a photo where we're all in a power pose now, photographer. And I was like, who is this? Like the um, bride? Okay. No, just a rando. She might have been dating one of the groomsmen because I saw them dance together several times throughout the night, but like I don't know for certain. Hmm. Maybe that's just her thing. She's like goes to weddings and makes power plays at vendors. Maybe yeah. Maybe later in the night she was just like bartender, bartender. Yes. <laughs> I would like your bartender. most powerful <laughs> margarita. But no, I'm trying to think of what limeade, you would order. Limeade, please, with a splash of ginger. Not gin, ginger. Ginger. <laughs> like my boyfriend over there. Wink, wink. <laughs> How'd you know that her boyfriend was a ginger? Uh, Steven, I'm crazy. everywhere and all where. Uh, listener Devin Rowland said that she was at a wedding, and at that wedding, both of the bride's brothers hit on her. That's so weird, Devin. I had that happen at a wedding, too. Both the bride's brothers hit on me, too. And this is actually a kind of a follow-up, because if you remember, we did a question from Devin last week or the week before, uh, where she talked, she asked the question of if anybody had ever had somebody 
request a photo of them at a wedding. And uh, it was that wedding. <laughs> because she said the bride's brother requested to get a photo with her, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read that when he was like, I would like a photo with you as him hitting on her. I didn't know, mm. like, if you read it that way. Like, no. So people just want photos with me, Steve. I can't control this. It's your celebrity status. That's right. You have 25,000 followers. You're very well known in this area. In Please, this... somebody give Dustin a free thing right now. <laughs> Why is nobody giving Dustin free stuff? Someone throw that man a french fry. Key to the city, something. Somebody bring him a Jamocha shake right now in mozzarella, mozzarella sticks from Arby's. Bring him the mozzarella sticks. He needs the thick mozzarella sticks. Don't forget the marinara sauce. Oh, man, yeah, no. What would you even be eating if there wasn't any marinara sauce with that? Talk to my wife. There's a bunch more stories people shared in the Facebook group. There's a few from me in there as well. If you want to read more about it, I'll, I'll drop a link so you guys can just follow the permalink down in the show notes. Okay. But Dustin, let's move on. Let's do another. Uh, let's do another question. Sure. You got one. You got one for me. Hit me up. Uh, Jess from a random Facebook group asked the following quick question. And I know it's similar to something that's been asked before, but if I imagine, or I'm sorry, if an image is 98% someone else's work, is it morally right to use it in a photography contest? I don't mean composites where you tediously edit everything to suit your idea. I mean, drag and drop photo templates. For example, there are a ton of newborn photo templates online and for sale on Etsy, as you can see here. All you do is pop a baby's face and voila. I've seen a few of these in contests already. And honestly, I'm just curious as to everyone's thoughts. I swear I'm not trying to trash anyone's work or images. It just seems to be a worthy topic considering this is, in fact a competition based on our photography. Would you do pull this out of a baby photo <laughs> contest group? <laughs> I think it might have been pulled out of shoot and share during the shoot and share contest. Gotcha. Yeah. It's an old one because I don't write from the Facebook groups anymore. Now I write from a random Facebook group. So it's a, it's a very old one. Well, this wasn't a random Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> this was a targeted, very specific Facebook group attack. I'm attacking this Facebook group. <laughs> this is Baby Tognonymous group. <laughs> Baby Tognonymous. <laughs> My rhyme's a bottomless. Baby Tognonymous. Popping off the top of this esophagus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you click the pick, like, it's your pick to click, right? So, I mean... I don't, I don't really get like, like if, if I go, if I, if I go to Chicago and I, and I see, see the bean and I take a picture of the bean, that's my picture, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's no, your bean. You're you wrong. take that bean home. <laughs> the artist has specifically <laughs> petitioned multiple times to try to make it so you can't take photos with the bean in it. If you take professional really? photos with the bean in it, he can sue you. <laughs> He's a wow. terrible person. 
It's his artwork. Why the hell did he put it somewhere so recognizable? Why? Why? He also hates that people call it the bean. <laughs> it's supposed to be like cloud something. I don't know. I just remember the first time we went to Chicago, uh, Corinne and I, and it was when I was getting ready to move there. And I said, here are some of the things we're going to do, the touristy things while we're there, and we're going to go visit the bean. And Corinne's like, oh my gosh, that sounds fantastic. And, you know, showed her pictures of it and whatnot. And she thought for the longest time that the bean was a coffee shop. <laughs> and so we get there and my dear, beautiful at the time, girlfriend, now wife, is spending her time trying to figure out how the hell you get into this coffee shop. And I'm just sitting there just trying to keep it together. Is it like a giant touch screen? Do I just touch the bean and I order? Well, in her defense, everyone that's around it has coffee cups in their hands because um, it was cold out. We it's were there the only in way to keep your hands warm in Chicago. You just get a coffee right. cup and walk around with it all exactly. day. <laughs> exactly. Inside, outside, it doesn't matter. You need that coffee cup. And, you know, she's like, oh, do you think they're going to have, you know, pumpkin lattes or whatnot? And I'm like, I don't know. You're just going to have to wait till we get there. You're just going to have to check it out. You, you let her get all the way there? You didn't yeah. let her know ahead of time? You're a no. jerk. Because I, I couldn't wrap my mind around somebody who didn't know what the bean was. You're like, oh, we're going to play this one out. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we are. Exactly. Jeez. How are now you every married? Time we go, no wonder she doesn't let you take photos of her. She thinks every time you go to take a photo of her, it's some elaborate bean prank. <laughs> yes. Secretly, I drop beans into all of my photos of my wife. But no, I, I still tease her to this day every time we go to Chicago and we go to the bean. I say, oh man, do you think we can get coffee while we're here? <laughs> Tell you what, I'd rather get coffee than look at the bean. It's... Not really Do that cool. It's not cool think at all. Ever gonna add a drive-through to this place, Corinne? <laughs> it's literally standing room only here. So if you take a picture of the Brooklyn Bridge, you know Dumbo, uh, can you even say you took that picture? Like, is that picture even yours? Is that your work? Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't get where Jess is coming from. I, I guess if it's like you literally, <laughs> let's say, okay, let's say. You go, you go to, to a theme park and you find one of those, those painted like mermaid things with like the faces gone and you just have your clients stick their face through. So it's their face on a mermaid body. Oh, who would have thought? I think what, I think what Jess is referring to. No, this to, is what Jess is referring to, Dustin. I think what No, Jess you're is wrong. This is I exactly. You, think you go on Etsy, you buy an entire mermaid with the head cut out, and like maybe the ocean and the beach, a few Can't crabs a real and a mermaid. seagull, and uh, you just pop the your client's head in, you take that photo, and then you put it on the shoot and share contest, and you, you enter it into the competition. It, can you even claim that's your photo? 98% of that is someone's mermaid artwork. <laughs> Only 2% is the face. Well, we'll have to see next year when you enter the shoot and share contest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to enter. I'm going to create a fake photography account just called Jess from a random Facebook group and enter every bunch of mermaid shots. There you go. With newborn heads. I mean, when you think about it, though, Jess, really, 
Every photo you take is of someone else's work. It's God's work, Jess. <laughs> you didn't create that beautiful face and smile. God did. Or their, their parents did, since it sounds like Jess does newborn photos. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Possibly. So. Oh, man. Got time, uh, got time for one more? Let's do one more. Got to be a real short one. Give us a quickie, Steve. Stephen Pike from our very own Facebook group asks, I am working my way through a wedding edit and no one is smiling. In fact, hardly anyone looks like they want to be there at all. Wedding party included. These feel like the most joyless images of all time. It wasn't the most exciting wedding to photograph, but I don't recall it being this glum at the time. I've never felt this way about wedding pictures I have taken. Anyone else ever had this situation? Um, Could just be... Because you were the photographer, Captain mm-hmm. Pike. Oh, damn. Burn on Captain Pike. Can't even defend himself, Dustin. Come on. Be nice. <laughs> um, no, I don't think that I've ever had a wedding party just be genuinely unhappy. Now, I will say, as the summer is hitting record highs as far as heat and humidity goes here in Indiana... Uh, I am feeling the pull from my bridal parties where they don't want to be outside any longer than possible. And I'm trying to use that to my advantage in getting them to cooperate so I can get things done faster um, so that I'm not chafing any more than I have to. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had... We did have one groomsman one time uh, a few years ago where my wife took his beer away during group portraits and he refused to smile the rest of photo time. <laughs> I mean, because that was, she took his beer away. That was a dig at, dig at his SO, not a dig at you though. Oh man. And you knew that that was going on at the time. I want to yeah. put this out there, Captain Pike. Hey, do you think maybe you got yourself into a say cheese and die situation? You know what I'm talking about? Say cheese yeah. and die. Yeah, a little, little no, bit I of a uh, little bit of goosebumps action going on there, Captain Pike. Maybe your photo wasn't actually photographing what was going on. Maybe it was photographing those people's innermost desires, uh, or the way they would die, like in the say cheese and die goosebumps story. How do <laughs> Can you I recommend goosebumps say cheese and die to you, Dustin? <laughs> I read Goosebumps as a child, Steve, and I don't remember any of them. So I got to tell you, uh, as photographers, you know, we can choose to caption the actual emotions that are present on the day. Or we can choose to do a bunch of fake shit and just tell people to smile all the time. So which would you rather do? Do you want to give people this fake, inauthentic feeling that, uh, you know, everybody was happy at their wedding? Or would you rather caption those real, raw, glum, dour, sour emotions that, you know, were actually present? Everybody kind of hated being there for the wedding. And you were just capturing their hate. Isn't that yeah. isn't that what you yeah. want to do? Don't you want to be authentic? What's going to get more likes on your Instagram that'll get you more followers so you can claim to be an influencer and start getting stuff for free? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're saying, Steve. You're saying that 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin, my man, McKibben, is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But if you really want to warm our hearts, head on over to Stephen Dustin Save the World, where you can sign up to support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday, after you shoot another wedding. Or if you sign up for the Patreon at the $5 amount, you can see us like immediately after this on an episode of Stephen Dustin Save the World. Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. Right? Doesn't, right? So have you gotten anything new since our last podcast yesterday? Oh, you know. I uh, started watching a new show. Called Billions. Is it Brewster's Millions, where you have to give all the money away? So you haven't heard of it? You've not no. seen it? No. No, I have not. It's the the guy from Homeland, the redheaded fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Are you familiar? No, I don't know who that is. I, I, I don't watch Homeland. Okay. The show Life? <laughs> I'm not familiar. I don't watch no, that Life. one either. Was it Life on Mars, maybe? <laughs> no, it's just called Life. On Mars? No. Nope. Or was it on Earth? Where did it take place? On Mars or on Earth? California. But, um, no, Billions is about a um, hedge fund. And it's sort of like this cat and mouse game between a hedge fund and a uh, prosecutor, district attorney, something like that. And he's hell-bent on taking down the hedge fund. Um, and the hedge fund... Hell bent and taking him down. Oh, so they're all about this taking interest. each other down. Town. Yeah, but it's sort of like how they use certain avenues to get it done. It's very fascinating. Oh, if you yeah. don't know a lot about how hedge funds operate, which I didn't until I started watching the show, I'm, 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 I'm gonna clue you in on something here now, Dustin. You still don't know. You still don't know. I, now I you still just don't have know. the false That's impression true. that you think you know, but you really don't know. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't pretend that they really clue you. You won't leave the show pretending like I could go work at a hedge fund um, or I could go to a bar and have a conversation with a hedge fund manager and know what the hell I'm talking about. That's not true at all. But um, yeah, it, it's very entertaining. It's sort of like a house of cards meets the stock market. Those all sound like things I'm interested in. Yeah. Except not at all. I don't, I don't, I don't like shows about bad people. I like shows about good people. Do you, do you, do you watch any shows about good people? The Bachelorette? Does that one count? No, no, that's the worst people. <laughs> Gosh, Jen was watching that the other day. Hey, no spoilers. They were, they were doing an episode and it was all like, this couple's naked bungee jumping in Latvia. And like oh, I saw that the one. Latvian couple that was naked bungee jumping gets off the bungee jump. They come up. And there's like the bachelorette and the guy who's trying to win her over. And like they're talking to this naked couple and the guy's like, yeah, in Latvia, we all like 
you know, if you go bungee jump, jump with your partner, you always do it naked. And I'm just sitting there like, no, this is not a thing that actually happens. This is some dumb thing the producers made up because they thought it'd make great television. But uh, the the guy who was doing the naked bungee jumping looks at the Latvian guy and goes, cold out, isn't it? And I was like, dude, you've been in this country for how long? And like, this is what you want to do with your time? You're, you're on international television right now. And what you want to do with your time is making fun of somebody else based on the size of their, their penis, which no one else can see because they're not going to show that on the actual show, you know? Right. And I was just like, this is, uh, it just, it made me hate that person so much. And then, you know, I also already hated the producers for setting the whole situation up, for probably egging them on, doing all these terrible things. You really got into this episode, Steve. No, I was literally, that was the only thing I saw. And I walked away and went upstairs and, you know, worked on some stuff. Worked on your anger issues? (laughs) Yeah. Just throwing throwing a rubber ball against the wall for like three hours, you know? Had to to get all my anger out. Sounds like it. Yeah, I, I've got so much anger. That's why people, if people come and listen to the podcast, and I'm like, Dustin's a nice one. Steve's very, very angry. He's all the very time. Angry. We don't know why he's so angry, but he's, he's very. He's he has a lot of passionate feelings and emotions about a lot of things. There was once a thick stick shoved up Stephen Van Elk's ass, and it's it has yet there. to be removed. Dustin, it's late. We got to call it. Have a good call night, it. bud. Night. Bye. Bye. Legally, I'm going to have to advise you not to answer that. (laughs) Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee.